Hello, and welcome to episode 8 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be talking about some 2019 um, drafted wide receivers whose contracts are about to expire, and whether I think you should pay them, play them, or trade them. Let's get right on into it. So before getting on into the main part of the episode, I want to talk about some of the news that happened in this past week in the NFL. Uh, starting off with kind of, or not just kind of, a really sad topic with Dwayne Haskins, um, 24-year-old quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, former the for the football team and Ohio State. He was hit by a dump truck on a Saturday morning and was dead on the site and you just got to remember life's really short and do what you want to do with it and live it live it to the best of your abilities if there's something you want to do just go out and do it and if you want living life to the max then like why why not why not start um additionally it's like there were some comments made about Dwayne Haskins that just reminds people like Look at these quarterbacks or look at these NFL players as humans. They aren't just numbers or actors for your entertainment. Like these are humans that play a sport but also have stuff outside of your life. Like if you ever play a recreational sport, like you aren't just a basketball player on Thursdays. You also have a job, have a wife, have a family, stuff like that. So I just want to give a little brief moment of silence for Dwayne Haskins and for his wife and family and stuff. All right, now to transition away from that, um, next thing I want to talk about was the was Derek Carr getting a new contract extension, four years, one twenty one point five million, or three years, one twenty one point five million, put him at. $40.5 million a year. Um, that is a high annual salary for a quarterback of his caliber. However, only this upcoming season is guaranteed, and after that, they had outs on him. So if this whole Devontae Adams experiment works and he plays like he does in 2016 again, it's like, okay, cool. Give him that top five quarterback money. You also have um, Kyler coming up and Lamar coming up for do to be due contract extensions so it's likely by the time next year rolls around he's going to end up being the eighth or ninth highest paid quarterback if they stick to this contract if not they can cut him they can trade him it's an easy out so i think it's kind of a win-win for the raiders and Derek Carr. obviously the raiders can um they still have their quarterback that they've had for the past nine years and going forwards he's a good above average sometimes can play like a great quarterback but hasn't consistently done that yet and then for Derek Carr he gets a big payday he gets a four million dollar bonus this year so that's already just okay getting more money this year and then after that if he plays good which he's obviously betting on himself to do he's going to be making 40 and a half million dollars a year like that's it's a pretty good deal for both of them I'd say um and then the last thing before I get on into today's main topic is the whole Tom Brady Miami Dolphins saga. Um, 
that that's crazy i i thought it was like just some conspiracy at first but with how much i'm seeing like like okay like maybe some of this might actually be true and if it is then it's like how does new miami coach mike mcdaniel handle this how does tua handle this like there's just so much that can snowball off of what happened and also just imagining this alternate world where all this does go down so if you don't know what i'm talking about tom brady buccaneers quarterback he retired right early in the offseason but that retirement never was a real retirement he never planned on fully retiring and not playing again sean payton also retired and once again this wasn't um supposed to be something permanent Tom Brady was going to get a job with Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who also went to Michigan State, or not Michigan State, Michigan, so they have that kind of connection there. He's going to get a job in the organization, get partial ownership of the Dolphins, and then find some workaround way to still be the quarterback of the Dolphins. That means they were going to trade Tua, they were going to have to do all this stuff, have to trade his rights over from Tampa Bay over to uh, Miami, and then... They were going to hire Sean Payton as the head coach. But they already had this all in plan. And then so they let go of, um, what's his face? Uh, Brian Flores. They let go of Flores. And Flores hits him with a lawsuit. And now they're like, crap, we can't go out and trade away our minority quarterback for a white quarterback. And sign a white head coach without like they were going to do stuff to get around the Rooney rule like they were going to do more sham interviews which obviously is the problem in all of this and yeah that that would have happened if it weren't for the lawsuit according to I think it was like Boston Globe or something just crazy it just kind of shows how much Tom Brady wants to get back at New England right now like he wants to go play New England twice a year for a team that whatever reason had um new england's number for all those years like always had brady's and belichick's number um even when they were a bad team the dolphins found a way to beat the patriots and now uh, obviously the patriots had their way with the dolphins a lot of times too but just kind of funny how this almost came full circle and now it's just like oh this just lives out in the world of what if what if next year tua was starting for the buccaneers and Brady was being coached by Sean Payton in Miami. Um, the last part of this story is when this all fell through, Tom Brady was like, crap, like, I still want to play. I want to unretire, but I don't want to work for Bill Bellett, or not Bill Belichick, um, Bruce Arians. I guess the relationship was rocky. Um, Leftwich and Brady would, like, come up with a game plan, and Arians would come in and be like, oh, but I want to change this and this and this and this. So Brady was like, okay, I'll unretire only if Arians gets out, though. And, yeah, I feel like that also is believable. Um, it's tough to say without this coming directly from them. You don't want to believe all this, all these rumors and spreading misinformation stuff. So take all this with a grain of salt. But, yeah, there was a apparently a rocky relationship between the two. And that's why Arians moved into the front office. That's why he probably retired so late into the cycle. Because normally it's like, okay, you want to, like, get that stuff done early. Like, leave the team. Make sure that they have, like, options to hire other coaches. Which, obviously, they just went straight to Bowles, which is a great in-house hire. 
Um, but yeah, that story, I just, I kind of wish I got to see that all play out just because this offseason's already been wild enough and just imagine if all that was thrown on top of it. Oh yeah, so now for um, play, pay, or trade regarding the 2019 draft class for wide receivers. Um, I'm just going to do the top nine, like not in draft order, just the nine most notable receivers from that class and what I think each team should do because all their contracts are about to come up and expire. So starting off, I'm just going to go in the order that they were drafted in. So starting with Marquise Brown, um, I'm going to say let him play. He hasn't really established himself as a true number one wide receiver yet so far. He's just been like a good deep threat, and you're hoping that Rashad Bateman right now is your number one, and then Brown would stay as that complimentary piece. Um, He was the first-round pick, though, so I think pick up his first-year option, ride it out till the end of that, see how the chemistry works with Bateman healthy and developing, and then Brown in more of that number two role. If it works, maybe pay him a contract like 15 to 18 million. We'll see. Obviously, this is two years in the future. That might be a steal at that point (laughs) with how crazy these wide receiver contracts are getting right now. Might have to pay him up to the 20 millions, and that's why I'm like, uh, to be your number two deep threat, like, do you really need that much money invested in him when the offense doesn't run through the passing attack? runs in Lamar so yeah that's kind of where I am right now on Marquise Brown um next up Nikhil Harry I think they need to trade him um he's shown flashes but right now he's slated to be their number four receiver with Devontae Parker coming in and then number six pass catcher when you include the two tight ends they got maybe even farther down that with some of their running backs too so You're just going to see no playing time here. Get what you can out of him for now, like a sixth-round pick maybe, seventh round. I don't know what his value is, but just getting another body in there would be more valuable, I feel, than Nikhil Harry right now. Um, Debo Samuel. So this is – Debo is the guy who kind of prompted this with – he's the one saying, like, hey, pay me now. He's removing his stuff from Instagram. Um and there's talks that he wants to be paid $25 million a year. And I would say pay him, but I'm hesitant. I'm really considering trading Debo Samuel, especially if the package is correct. Like if you get a first and a third, first and a second, I don't know. Um, He's young, but he's also got this very unique skill set. He plays wide receiver and running back for them. That puts a lot of tread on his tires, and we just see... We see running backs just leave their prime so fast. And who knows if Debo, like how long Debo's prime is going to last just because of the way he's being used. Um, and also, Shanahan factors into this a lot. Kyle Shanahan is this offensive genius, and he was able to create Debo Samuel and a role for him and a usage pattern for him. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do that with another wide receiver like Brandon Ayuk or um, say they get like Traylon Burks with one of the picks they pit, trade away this year. I don't see why they can't recreate that role. However, I'm still on the side that you pay him because you have that rookie contract, um, Trey Lance. Like obviously you want to tra- get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't pay Debo unless you get rid of Jimmy G, I think. But with Trey Lance on that rookie contract, it gives you more resources in order to 
surround him with talent. And obviously, Debo is quite talented. So I think if you give him like a three-year, $75 million contract that expires around the time where you would need to pay Trey Lance, then you can reevaluate the situation, see how the chemistry is, see if it's worth paying Debo that third contract. But pay him like, yeah, pay him what he's asking for. Just make it expire around the same time you need to up Trey Lance. If you up Trey Lance. All right, next up we got A.J. Brown. Um, mine is just, my opinion on this is just flat out pay him. Um, don't really consider the trade offers. He's, this offense also runs through him, similar to what I was saying about Debo, Debo Samuel in San Francisco. However, it doesn't only run through him. It runs because he's so physical in the pass game. He's so good at those crossing routes, play action, deep stuff. And then also the threat of Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, we saw what happened when Derrick Henry went down last year. And the I can't think of the backup's name. But he was able to be effective in that offense still. But the passing game was just non-existent when A.J. Brown was out of there. Like It was, it was pretty bad. And I just feel like it would be very hard to replace A.J. Brown especially because they don't have Kyle Shanahan working their magic there. Um, yeah. So next up, I got Mikkel Hardman. I'm going to say you play him. Um, see if he can replace one of the Tyreek Hill roles. Like Tyreek Hill was everything for that offense. Short game, deep threat, um, intermediate routes. And... See if he can be kind of like just the deep threat and then also the little short gimmick player. Um, you already got Marquis Valdez Scanling there, though. So I kind of see it seems a bit redundant to have two speed threats at one hand. But on the other hand, there are co two completely different speed threats. Um, MVS is the deep ball, just huck it, 22 average depth, um, 22 yards average depth of reception. And uh, Mikko Hardman is going to be more of your gimmicky, short area, use his speed on jet sweeps and slants and crossers, and then occasionally send him deep because he does have that speed, but he's only like 5'10 versus um, MBS being 6'4, go up and get him, sort of. Um, I would listen to trade offers if you can get something like a third for him, but I just don't think you would just because he hasn't really done much in the NFL, so... Yeah, he doesn't have the value to trade where I think a rookie could come in and replace him. And right now you've traded away Tyree Kill already. You got enough future investment back where I don't think you should be um, trying to get more future investment and getting rid of more current pieces. All right, so next up we got DK Metcalf. I'm going to say pay him, but you trade Tyler Lockett. Um, DK is a great, great athlete, super big, super fast. Um, he will help whatever next quarterback comes in, or Drew Lock if you want to help him. Um, he will help develop him by just being a great option to throw to and being able to bail him out on deep balls and stuff like that. Just... Um, I think you need to be, be thinking about the future here if you're Seattle. Uh, I know right now they're saying this is more of a retool, not a rebuild, but it should be a rebuild. And that's why I think you still trade away Tyler Lockett because 
Um, you know, let me see what Tyler Lockett's contract is. Four years, sixty-nine million. Um, let me see that math. Yeah, so that's seventeen million a year, and DK's gonna want at least I'd say twenty-two to twenty-five million dollars a year. It's a lot to have locked up into your receivers when you're rebuilding team with not a good O line, not a good defense. You need more money to invest in other places. So, I and then you also want to hopefully see D Eskridge take another step up in this next year. Um, spend a second round pick on him. Was your highest draft pick last year? Um, draft another receiver in the second, third round. And I think that's the way they should go. Get rid of Lockett. Because you could get probably easily like a second round pick for Lockett, I would assume. Use that kind of like Stefan Diggs. Replace him with, obviously you're not going to get someone as talented as uh, Justin Jefferson. But yeah, I think it would be, I think you should keep DK around, but then get rid of Tyler Lockett. All right. So next up, we got Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Um, I would say play him. He he shows all these flashes. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He's great at creating separation, but he does have like, these drop issues. Um, hopefully, he works on them in the offseason. And then we'll also see how he looks without Big, Brent, Big Ben. Um, even Mitchell Trubisky right now is an upgrade over end-of-career Big Ben, so... Maybe with Deontay Johnson actually catching balls that are more than three yards deep, he will be able to show, hey, I'm a true number one receiver. I should be paid like one. Um, but I think if he does put this all together this year, this is the, this is what the franchise tag is meant for. Because if you pay him this huge 20 to $25 million contract extension after having just one good year, like he's had good years, but... After one great year, that's when it's kind of like, okay. And then if he doesn't have a great year, is that really worth keeping him around depending on the price tag he's asking for? So I think the Steelers have like a really interesting question when it comes to the end of the season. And I don't really know how to answer that right now because I could see a world where he kind of turns into a Amari Cooper tier of receiver. Just a great, um, great separator, great after the catch but does have a bit of questions with hands. So it's like, how do you value that? Obviously right now the NFL doesn't value that a lot. Seeing Cooper was only traded for like a fifth round pick, which is still mind boggling. Yeah. And then we got Terry McLaurin. I'm just going to say pay him. Definitely. Um, Right now you have Carson Wentz. He needs receivers. Obviously every quarterback needs receivers, but his best year, um, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar were going off. Um, and this is kind of the same thing with AJ Brown. If not him, then who? Like, who's going to be someone who they can replace Terry McLaurin with? I don't see. There's no really in-house options. Like, yes, you hope Diami Brown takes a step forward. Um, young guy out of UNC. Curtis Samuel, he's not a true number one type. He's like a slot gimmicky type of receiver. Um... I don't think any of these... I don't think it's worth it to get one of the rookies at 11 or whatever pick they trade Terry McLaurin for. Like, Terry's just going to be a better receiver than whatever rookie comes in. And 
yeah so my i think they should pay him um that like 22 23 million dollar a year contract that he's probably going to start asking for soon and then lastly is hunter renfro the last receiver i want to talk about um i'm gonna say play him play him throughout the contract and then you got a pretty big question mark at the end um at the end of this year he's a great option obviously one of the best slot receivers in the league but he's still the number three receiver or number three option on this team it's gonna be Devonte adams obviously gonna be the first darren waller still should be uh your uh, car's second go-to option behind renfro um i say you play out the rest of this year take advantage of the fact that he's on that really cheap fifth round um deal and consider paying him at the end of it depending on how much he's asking for um if he's asking for like 15 million a year like that's i'd say that's doable i I would consider that probably pay him but if he's asking more so for like 18 like a christian kirk type deal there's one option i did think about though is at the end of this year what if you trade away darren waller and that hurts me to say waller's one of my favorite players um just got his jersey i love his story love his attitude but he is getting older for a tight end and his best trait is his speed and explosiveness and that's just one thing that's gonna fall off as you get older naturally um if you can take take advantage of him still having a couple years left in in his prime and get some draft capital back for him and pay hunter renfro and then give foster moreau kind of a cheap contract or cheap option cheap contract yeah and i wonder if that's a better option because foster moreau is nowhere near the level of darren waller like let let that be clear but he is a starting caliber tight end probably i'd have to look through it all but i'd i'd say you could probably sneak into the top 20 he's just very underutilized right now because he's behind darren waller and so what would be better having foster moreau and hunter renfro both of them combined or just darren waller and i think i would lean towards foster moreau and hunter renfro just because they're a bit younger all right, so today is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. Um, I kind of had like the weeks all planned out leading up to the draft. And then this week was the one where I was like, okay, I need to find something to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to what I think about the um, upcoming wide receiver class and whether or not we or the team should pay them. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing my final what I would do mock draft. I'm going to Maybe even include some trades. I haven't really thought that far into it yet. Um, so I'd be expecting that coming out next Friday, as always. And then after that is going to be draft week. Super exciting, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to post on Thursday of that week instead of Friday a predictive mock draft. Instead of trying to do like, okay, like this is what I think should do. Um, I'm going to be like, okay, this is what I think actually happens based off of all the different like media and podcasts and other things other mock drafts that i'm hearing and seeing um so excited for that following the draft i'm going to go over just to a or the week after the draft i'm going to do a recap episode just talk about the draft uh favorite fits favorite things like that and then over the summer i've got a pretty big plan i'm going to see if i can 
um, post a couple times a week. I'm going to have more free time, obviously, not going to be in school, still going to be working my other job, but yeah, I should, I'm going to be trying to post two to three times a week, so look forward to doing that, and yeah, take it easy this week, guys, and I will see you all next week. Um, oh, leave a like, comment, subscribe, and if you're on Apple or Spotify or Google or wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review. Tell a friend about this podcast. Um, over the summer, I'm going to start trying to push marketing and stuff a lot more, try to blow it up. I'm trying to get a bit more comfortable doing this. Like, It's definitely weird to be just talking to a little camera and see yourself talking back at you. But getting used to it, it's pretty fun. And yeah. All right, I'm going to stop rambling, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you.